I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Becky Nova. Becky, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks Jason, I appreciate you having me on. And so, uh, Becky, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna let you tell your story. Um, I'm, I'm really excited just looking through your bio and, and want to let you kind of break it down in, in whatever fashion that you want. I think that'll be the most interesting. And then we'll uh, kind of dive into whatever areas you'd like from there. Sure. Um, let's see, where should I start? Uh, I always tell people I'm a native New Yorker, especially when they're going to be listening to my voice, because you could have either picked that up now or you will based on the speed that I talk. <laughs> um, so I'll throw out that uh, disclaimer now. So I, I'm originally from New York. I went to undergrad down in Washington, D.C. I moved back to New York for graduate school. And I lived here for a while. My background is in, I, my degrees are in psychology and law. I ended up go, working in cancer research. That was my main profession for many years. I unfortunately decided that I needed something a little bit of a change of pace. So in my mid-20s, I actually quit my my corporate, that nine to five job that everybody feels like you should get after school, ended up moving to Europe. I literally put a message on Facebook saying I wanted to move, where should I go? And I only got one response. I ended up moving to Spain. I started a tour company in Spain. I used to own a bar in Portugal um, that I expanded into and I had a bus that took people from Spain over to Portugal and then from Portugal back to Spain. Um, unfortunately, the bar in Portugal was a horrible decision. I ended up losing a ton of money. I moved back to New York in about 2013, went back to um, pharmaceutical industry, went back to medical consulting, that type of industry. And then I fell into real estate. And that has kind of been where I've sat for the past couple of years. I always explain to people that I am a cancer researcher by day and a real estate investor by night. And then a little more than a year ago, I actually started a women's community for other women that are interested in real estate investing. And that has now become, hopefully that will become my full-time job very soon, but that has really become um, just a focal point of how people know me and really where my passions lie. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, like I said, very, very interesting background. And so you... I'm, I'm kind of curious about this <laughs> move to yeah, Europe. Break it. So, <laughs> you were, so your degrees were in psychology and law, you said, right? Correct. And then you went into cancer research. So what, what part, what are you doing? I guess, what, I don't know if you were doing the same thing then as you are now in that field mm -hmm. or, so what have you, do? I mean, I'm, I'm a veterinary surgeon. So the medical background stuff is kind of interesting <laughs> to me. Sure. So I'll, I'll break this down for you. So I am one of those people that love like those like true crime, like murder type shows, like profiling, all that stuff. So my original plan was actually to work for like FBI, like behavioral sciences. That was really what I wanted to do. I was then in, so when I was an undergrad, I was able to, the way that my school had it was you weren't, you didn't have a double major. You just had two separate degree tracks. 
So I have two, I have two independent bachelor degrees, one in psychology and my others in pre-law. So when I was in undergrad, I come from, you know, a very poor family. We had no way to kind of pay for me to go to school. I needed scholarships, but I needed money to actually pay for food while I was there. So I ended up finding a job while I was living in DC when I was a freshman in undergrad that was working at a sleep center. And my job there was as a research coordinator, which meant I was running clinical trials. So a sleep center, if you've never been to a, a sleep doctor before, what's really cool about it is you go in and it's just you know the waiting room in an office, just like you would have at any other doctor's office. But there's always like basically little hotel rooms yeah. somewhere else in that office where people will then come in, they're either doing sleep tests during the day, usually at night, clearly, um, but they have these little rooms for that. So we had doctors that would just see regular patients. And then me and one other woman ran this research department. It was really cool because since it was a sleep center, I could work whatever hours I wanted. So, you know, back when you're like 18, 19 years old, there's nothing wrong with like partying until two, three o'clock in the morning, going to work at six and then having to go to school at 8 a.m. It worked out perfectly fine for the time. I would never be able to do that now. But so I, it worked out well because since my, since my degrees were that I was working on at the time were in psychology and free law, sleep medicine really worked out well because there is such a component with sleep um, for psychology. So that was just a really good fit. Then there, since I was doing these drug approvals for the FDA, who decided an 18 year old should be doing that? I have no idea. But then that ended up meeting with, um, with what I was learning and what I was trying to do within pre-law. So it was, it actually was like a really good fit. Um, I then stayed there. And when I, I ended up changing my track, I unfortunately had a crazy violent like ex-boyfriend. And then all of a sudden the whole FBI um, behavioral sciences kind of was a little too close to home for me to kind of go yeah. that track. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's go. Let's do now kind of stay on that same track and work on like a JD PhD program. So I had gotten into, I'm very proud to say I went to Columbia University for graduate law school, but I was so burnt out from undergrad working full time. I played sports in college. It was just, I was exhausted. So when I had finished my bachelor degrees, I actually had received an offer to switch from the sleep center to go work at the National Institute of Health, which is right, oh, in, wow. which is right outside DC. Yeah. And they said, hey, why don't you you have enough of a medical background, you can actually come over and work in cancer research, even though, because it's the same skill set, but now just with a different kind of disease yeah. track. So I was like, that sounds great. I said, I can do that for a year and I deferred graduate school and I went and worked for NIH for a year. Um, after that, when I went to, and that was just a cool experience. If any, if you ever have the opportunity just to like walk around like the National Institute of like Health campus, it's just really, really cool. It's like a college campus for doctors. It's just yeah. a really, really cool space. Um, and then when I ended up in graduate school, I just really, same thing, I just really disliked my program. It just was not a good fit for me. So I terminated with my master's. And then I was kind of in that like early 20s stage of like, how do I get a job? Like, what do I do? So I was like, well, cancer research can really open some doors for me. So I went back into the hospitals and went back to running clinical trials. At the time, what I had always done was work specifically with, with patients um, and running those, running them through the trials. I was the person that did the informed consent that would see you come in every three weeks when you got your chemo. 
I would do the data review. I would do the analysis. And I kind of moved up the food chain from, you know, a coordinator to the manager to, yeah. you know, senior manager, that type of thing. Um, but in, what was it, like 2008, one of the hospitals I was working at, um, I felt like the, one of the doctors I was working for asked me to do something that I thought was completely unethical and was not in my patient's care. And that was really tough. I mean, I'm working with, I specialize in, um, in terminally ill patients. So to then be told to do something that's not in their best interest really just did not sit well with me. So I, instead of going back and making changes to a document that the doctor had recommended, I actually went back and just wrote my letter of resignation. Um, I handed it in that day, walked out of the hospital. And then now I'm like 24, just quit like a six figure salary. And I'm like, what do I do now? Um, so I went to a bar <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I asked, I said to the bartender, I was like, Hey, like, I, I think I want to move to Europe. Like, where should I go? And he was just like, I don't know. Like I'm a bartender. He's like, ask on Facebook. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's his advice. Yeah. I don't know. Try Facebook. Every, that, Facebook knows everything. <laughs> Also, like think back to like you know 20 years ago like Facebook was not even like what it is today like right. that was that was still like a weird kind of even response for then but that was exactly what I did I put a message on Facebook um and the next morning when I woke up I had one response and it said go to Sevilla so I googled where Sevilla was because I'd never heard of it found out it was in Spain bought my plane ticket that day um sold everything I owned and moved there eight weeks later with two suitcases That's so that's a little bit, um, it's a little bit crazy, I guess, of a story, but also sort of amazing. Like I, I, it, I always think it's really cool when people do that stuff because I think that it takes a lot of courage to just sort of pick up and walk away from everything and go, go do something sort of entirely different than what you, what you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's cool. Oh, people and, thought I was crazy, but honestly, I feel like it kind of fit with that whole, like, kind of know your why. I, it was kind of at that time in my life that I kind of realized like there is more than sitting in an office from nine to five. And that, that really kind of was like that turning point for me of saying like, I want to do the thing, like time is limited on this earth. Like right. do the things that are important to you. Like I always tell people that I feel like I retired in my twenties because here, you know, everybody else is like, you know, living the grind, especially in New York city, um, you know, where it's just like work, um, you know, work, then go home so you can shower change to go back to work. You know, it's, it's not exactly a very easy lifestyle in New York City. Um, so I felt like I, and that was something that was really upsetting to me. Now working in cancer research with terminally ill patients, now going through like the situation that I had like with, with this ex-boyfriend of mine, like I very much felt like I need to, I can't wait and then be like, cool, in 45 years, I can enjoy my life. Right, like right. that sounded horrible. It really became, I need to do what I want to do. And I need to just kind of do it now. Um, my mom was like, couldn't you just like move to like Chicago? Like, <laughs> don't have to go quite so far. Yeah. Maybe Philly, you know, she, yeah. she was like, you know, like we have other like jobs in this, yeah. you know, hemisphere. There's more <laughs> of the United States that you could move to. You don't have to go all the way to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it was, and, and then I, same thing. I had a ton of other people that were just like, but like, what are you going to do for work? Or like, Becky, you don't speak Spanish. Or like, how are you going to pay your taxes? And I'm like, I don't care about paying my taxes. Like we will right. figure that out later. Right. Like that just wasn't, none of that stuff was on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually funny. I, you know, I say, I say it sounds crazy, but it, it, in, 
it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but in, at the same time, it kind of isn't, right? Just like you said, you realized you were you were really fortunate and I think smart to realize that at a, at a pretty young age and that, you know, that I'm sure that mindset, I, it, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, sort of experiences and things like that shape us. And so, yes, you had some, some traumas, unfortunately, but that shapes you, you just, you sort of, it brought you to that realization that I want to do things that I want to do and I want to do it now. Um, and then, you know, kind of all of that shapes your mindset of how, how you're going to, you know, sort of form your life. And so you, you did something really cool and got an experience that a lot of people don't, don't do because they have limiting beliefs and they think, they think exactly what everybody said to you. Why don't you move someplace closer? What, how are you going to pay your taxes? Whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the case is, people, you know, come up with those, things and it's like all the reasons why you can't do it but you did it and you know it's like obviously it can be done because you did it and so it's it's kind of a, a really a cool I guess metaphor for life and I, I think actually also probably a good transition into sort of real estate because I find in the real estate space a lot of people a lot of us are it's a lot about mindset it's a lot about creating that mm -hmm. that lifestyle and that that freedom of time that you are really looking for so um tell me a little bit about that tell me tell me what you're doing in real estate and you know kind of how you made that that transition sure i actually i feel like that time in spain like really kind of primed me yeah. for what i needed to do like in real estate um so like i said i had a very successful tour company in spain i had a bar in portugal that was an absolute disaster um i ended up moving back to the states really penniless in 2013. Um, nobody kind of aspires to move into their parents' house and live in their basement when they're 30, but yeah. that's where we were. Um, that was the situation I was in. Um, and same thing, when I moved home and people were like, oh, wasn't it such a waste because like you lost this money over there, you lost your business. And I was like, I lived in Europe for five years. And like, right. no, like did, it, did the ending suck? Yeah, okay, but like, cool. I just packed my things up and said, what does life bring me next? So when I came back to the States, so actually I did try going back to cancer research. I did. I called up my old hospital that I had quit and I was like, Hey, I'm back. I know you guys offered me that promotion. I'll take it. And they were like, what? And I was just in five I years a, ago. <laughs> yeah. But I have a very unusual maiden name. So they actually remembered me and they said, well, that's, that's no longer available but we have something else for you and rehired me on the spot. So I came back and was like, cool. I now, like I have my fun. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be like all professional. I'm going to be the best like cancer researcher I can be. And literally that lasted like a month before I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. Like, there's no way I made it six months before like left in like burning flames. So I quit there twice. So I'm pretty sure they're never hiring me back. Probably sure I'm, like, blacklisted. back <laughs> no, um, actually I got a call from a recruiter a little while ago being like, Hey, we have a great opportunity. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> pretty sure that's not going to work. But when I could, so I ended up then starting my own medical consulting company here in, in New York. And honestly, it just was not making money. I was living like every dollar that like I made it back into my business. Like that was kind of where it was for a couple of years. Um, I then met my now husband. And when we kind of lived together, I was still in this place where like, I really had the money. I was still in a ton of debt, especially after losing my business in Europe. My credit was absolutely horrible. Because like I said, paying taxes and bills were not what I cared about <laughs> when I was living in Europe for five years. 
Um, so I, he, my husband is actually from the Dominican Republic. He's been in the States for a little over 10 years now and really has that pension for the American dream. There was nothing more exciting to him than the idea of being able to buy a house. So meanwhile, we kind of had to have this talk because he's like, babe, like you have no money. Like you have horrible credit. Like I want like the white picket. My husband wants the white picket fence with the 2.5 kids and you know, the mini van. That is, that is completely him. Um, He's very, he would be the person that would be like, wait, but you need medical insurance and taxes to like move. (laughs) He would have have discouraged you from going to Europe. (laughs) Yeah. It wouldn't have worked, but he would have tried. Um, But he, when, so I was just like, okay, fine. Like, if this is what you want to do and like buy this house, like one, like I will prove to you that like, I, I can make money. I'm, I'm absolutely very good at that when I want, what I want to. So I was like, okay, fine. You want me to figure out something where I need a lump sum of cash? Fine. I'll figure that out. Um, and then two, I was like, I'll also be okay with this buying a house idea, but we have to do it in a way that's going to make money. So what I ended up doing was I found a cancer research consulting gig that paid me like a huge lump sum of money for like three months of work. So I was like, perfect, I'll take it. I'm going to take that money and like throw like all those like dollars at him to show him that I was able to make that money. And then two, I, I always tell people that I came up with like the best idea ever and that we should buy a multifamily and live in one side and rent out the other. <laughs> I had never heard of house hacking. I had never heard of like all these strategies, yeah. but I was just like, I'm not paying you know, people say you live paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, I'm not living mortgage payment to mortgage payment. I, we don't have kids yet. Like I don't need, you know, five bedrooms, three baths here in Westchester County, New York paying, you know, 20 grand in taxes. Like I want to do something where we can make money. So we ended up buying a duplex right outside of New York city. Um, in a place called Yonkers. And once we like close and I got like that check at like closing for like my tenants, I was like, Oh my God, we're doing this again. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you get a taste, it's, it's hard to stop. Yes. That was then when I realized that house hacking, like other people had actually thought of that before me, <laughs> that that was like a thing that people had done. Um, and then that was really when I, I actually told my mortgage broker and my realtor at closing, like, that's it. Like, I want to do this again. And they were like, you can't buy another house today. And I was just like, okay, but I'm like, I'm going to find a way. So same thing, like day after closing, like I called them both and I was like, cool, how do I buy another house? And they were like, it's been 24 hours. Like you can't do this. And I went on this like path of just learning and researching and figure. And that's where I really kind of educated myself on what I could do within real estate. And then we ended up closing on a four family one year to the day, literally May 22nd, 2018, we bought a duplex. May 22nd, 2019, we bought the quadplex. Nice, nice. That's that's amazing. And it, I mean, it really is true. It's like, once you, once you figure it out, right? Like once something happens, you do something in real estate and you see how beneficial that is, then it's mm-hmm. like, no, I just, I want to do more. It's like, like this works yeah. so well, I want to just keep doing more. And so I think it's, it's funny, you know, how, how I love like hearing that because it, it that's how it happens to me too. It's like, I, I just, you know, flip a house whatever it is you rent a house some anything and then you're just like this is it it's not easy but it's doable right it's 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 achievable to to anyone and so it's kind of like it's not it's not easy because you do have to put in some work and you have to kind of Of figure some things out but it's it's really cool how that you know you can see very quickly how that will help you and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know 
in in those few years even since then i'm like real estate makes money it, you know it's just kind of that's what it does it's funny because i was looking when i really moved to europe what i was looking to do once again was have just that independence that i could kind of just do what it is that i wanted to yeah. um and it's what I find funny. And like I said, I felt like it kind of primed me for real estate was then I kind of realized when now we started investing in real estate, that now I was that move to Spain and even losing that business had just prepared me so much more for it now. Mm-hmm. Like then I felt like I was I was so much prepared, more prepared as a business owner, understanding contracts now with tenants, um, making some of these financial decisions. Like I said, I made a huge financial error that cost me a lot of money um, when I lost my bar. So now I felt like I came into this and now like we've been able to replace our incomes in just about two years. And it was something that it was like, so this was really like kind of the place that like I was supposed to kind of get to, but I, I just didn't know it back then. Yeah. Um, but it, there was honestly like there was kind of nothing better um, over this past year living through this pandemic and living through COVID. My, my husband's a bartender and in New York City, like that did not exist. That was one of the jobs that was completely shut down. He was out of work for about a year and a half. And it was, and he got very upset. He was depressed. He, you know, it, it was very difficult for him during that time to then not be making, not be making money. He felt like it was then slowing down like our investment process. And it was so cool for me just to kind of go back and kind of say to him like, Hey, we don't kind of need you to work. Like you can, you can now be kept man because now like our real estate income is able to cover what you were making at the bar. So like, there's kind of nothing slowing us down still. Um, and that was like a really cool realization, especially for him, who was more of that analysis paralysis, that that risk adverse type person to then kind of like have that realization just kind of like hit him of like, yes, like this is making a difference. This is, this is impacting my life. And this really is a way to create space to be able to do the things in your life that you really want without being homeless. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's still, still, still able to make a living, and, and it, it's it's really a great point. I think a, a couple things there too that, you know, there are, there are people like you that you know sort of, not it's not reckless, but but you're okay with the risk, right? You realize that there's yeah. with, with with great risk comes great reward. You know that that sort of thing. And then there are people that are, are really, you know, sort of risk averse and, and have analysis, analysis paralysis like your husband. And it, I think sometimes it just takes being shown, hey, look, this works, right? Yeah. You know, with whether that's with by doing it, see, you know, someone else doing it. And that, that's one of the things that I've actually really thought a lot about in that one of, one of sort of my goals is to, to, to let other people know just how beneficial, you know, real estate investing can be. And I think a lot of people are really afraid of the risk of it. And it's just kind of like, it's not actually that risky. It's really like, it's not that risky. There's, there's a whole lot of safety, you know, like, yeah, it's like, you say, Oh, what if the house burns down? Well, you have insurance. Like they're like the worst case scenario has a, has a, has a fix. So it's kind of like a, it's, it's really not that risky. You could lose your job. You could have uh, an unethical boss try to tell you to do something at your job, so you have to leave. You know, there, there's lots of other things that are risky about a regular W two job, and so I think the, the risk with real estate is is more perceived than actual. Yeah, I feel like, and part of that I feel like is actually because it's like a tangible item, so I feel like that almost like kind of concerns people. That like somehow plays different because personally, to me, stocks 
are completely risky. Like here, I'm just like literally looking at like a, whatever number is on my phone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not a tangible thing. I don't, like, I can't go, I can't go show up at like Apple and be like, Hey, by the way, like, what are you guys working on here? That like, why did my stocks go down today? You know what I mean? Like I could take a look at my house and then be like, okay, I have to fix this. I can't because of this, I need to do this upgrade. I need to do this upgrade. And then maybe I can actually charge like higher rent or um, I raise rents like on an annual basis. Like you can still see where like those things can change and you have much, it's a tangible item. Mm -hmm. But like, I find a lot of these like stocks, bonds, like all of these kind of like places that I can virtually put this money. And I feel like as our culture is becoming so much more digital and like, it almost becomes like fake money to me. Like, I feel like I'm just playing with like monopoly money when I like, I invest in something that now I just have it on an app. I can't, I can't play with it. I can't spend it. It's just kind of sitting in an account. Um, and I think people see kind of that actual like house, that actual property, since it is a tangible item and it's a large item and it's like a thing, I think we take it so much more seriously and there is a process to it. You know, anyone could go download an app and you could buy stocks in five minutes. Houses do not work that way. You have to go through proper channels. There's other people that you're communicating with. There's paperwork, there's, um, insurances. And I feel like that all kind of scares people, but honestly, like, I, I really don't think that buying real estate is difficult. Like, I feel like we make it, we put all of these like limiting beliefs like in front of us, but like buying rental property is really not that hard. Like it's fine property, buy property. Like it's, it's not, I don't know. I I think it's, there's a process. It takes, it takes a little bit of time. And like you said, it's like, you know, you can go on Robinhood and, and I have a Robinhood account. I'm not like anti-stock. But you, you, you made a great point in that you can't do anything with it, right? You're just watching a number go up and yeah. down. And it's like, you can look at it every day. You can look at it 100 times a day. You cannot look at it. it you have no impact on that number. But with your house, yeah. you have a ton of control and impact on the value of that house and that rental property. So like you said, you can make improvements rent yeah. rate rent raises happen anyway even if you don't do anything really like you you're going to you know sort of raise the rent standardly um yearly so it's just kind of it is a very different way of investing but but again it's something that seems like people look at stocks and they're like don't they don't have the fear they don't have the wow. you know analysis paralysis they're like yeah i got a robin hood app and look i bought a bunch of apple and i bought a bunch of amazon and it's very easy but it's again, it's not like you're missing a lot of the impact. I mean, you don't get any tax benefits from stocks. There's nothing that that really uh, is the the great things about real estate are, are are missing when it comes to you know sort of stocks or Bitcoin or whatever you know the yeah. other you know sort of hypothetical. <laughs> and there's of- a, there's tons of things that people can invest in, right? There are so many different options out there. I think that's really kind of just amazing, but. Also, one of the best pieces of like financial advice I think I've probably ever ever been given was to invest in something I understand. I can go out and learn stocks and I could go try to learn Bitcoin. Like that's, that's just so not me. But like, those are like, those are things that like, I know that like I could educate myself just like I did like with real estate, but also like (laughs) having people live in a home and pay for it just really makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like that is, <laughs> that is just a very simple, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm from New York, but like, it's a very simple concept that people need a place to live. Therefore I pro- provide a place to live and then they pay me for it. Like that's, I feel like it's just so much. And yes, there are things in real estate 
buying notes. There are so many different things that you could do within real estate that come become more complicated um, or that just are not as easy as like rentals necessarily are. But even flipping, I would say like is more difficult with just understanding kind of what you're renovating and costs and things like that. And, you know, doing work yourself versus somebody else. But like rentals are like, to me, that's just incredibly easy to understand. Like people need a place to live, provide them housing, they pay you for it. Okay, we're good. You know, it's, it's a, it's an easier point of entry. So I do find it funny that we get so held up on something that in a education kind of standpoint, I feel like most people would have more experience with understanding people living in homes than buying fake amounts of a company with money online. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's like you're the, the valuations and the, the costs within real estate are, you can, they're easy to understand why they are what they are, right? Like it's all, like you said, it's a tangible asset. Robinhood is IPOing, I think today or tomorrow. And uh, I got a notification. It's like the stock price is going to be $38 a share. Okay. Why? Like that's, and it's like, yeah. that's totally random, like number that's based on what? And, and I know it's based on something. I'm not. It's based on stuff. Right. It's, it's based on something that, that people that understand this stuff may, I, I know it's not Correct. totally pulled out of the air, but, but the point is, I don't know what it is. And, and I actually would like to have some Robin Hood stock. Cause I think people use that app. Like, I think it's a yes. good idea, but it's still, um, it is a very different and, and less, you know, sort of understandable type of investing. And as you mentioned in real estate, it's, there's probably 50 different ways you can invest too. So if it's like, if you don't yeah. want to do rentals and you want flips or you, or you don't want to do that and you want to do multifamily or you don't, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like you can get within real estate and still pick, pick your poison there. So I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a, um, it's a I much, think it's also, it's also a different wealth accelerator. Like, yeah. like, fine, I have some money and some stocks. Like I said, that's not my main way to invest, but like I, I completely believe in diversification after, right. after being homeless when I was 30. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, I do feel that like just the returns and the way that I've been able to accelerate my wealth through real estate, mm -hmm. I could not do in any other vehicle Yeah, personally. Yeah. No, I, I, like I just, I, I think that, I just think that real estate really provides such opportunities compared to other, other avenues. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, talk, talk a little bit about lady landlords. What's, sure. what are you uh, doing with that? I don't, I won't want to run out of time with you. So I want to make sure you oh. touch on that. Sure. So last, last year, like March of 2020, I don't know about you. I was sent home and was told like, stay there and like, don't leave your house. Right. So I'm now at my house. Um, my husband is just annoyed that all I'm talking about is like real estate and like what property we're going to buy next. And like, what are we going to do with like that type of stuff? So as, as we are, we're trapped in a house. I know, I know you said that you were married. Sometimes you get annoyed at each other. And I was like, fine, you don't want to talk real estate. I'm going to go make friends with strangers on the internet and I will talk real estate with them. So I opened up a Facebook group called Lady Landlords. And I figured it would be like, you know, my mom and like my best friend. <laughs> um, yeah. I was completely wrong. We all of a sudden just started having people join Lady Landlords on in just astronomical numbers. I was having a hundred women 
find my group and just join lady landlords being like, Hey, I'm, I want to invest in real estate or I do, but I don't know. I don't have a place to ask these questions. I don't have a place to kind of get these answers. Um, so we, over the past, it's been about 15 months now, we now have a little over 17,000 members, um, that are in our lady landlords, Facebook group. And what we focus on is just being able to kind of create different resources for women to learn more about real estate investing. So now we have like a beginner's course, we have a how to scale course, um, we do workshops, networking events, um, everything there. And really what it kind of comes down to is kind of like what we're talking about now. A lot of people are looking for that education or that confidence to be able to move forward in real estate. And we are not anti-man in any way. We just, a lot of women, especially since real estate is still male dominated industry, especially with some of the different vendors that we have to work with. A lot of women just want to make sure that they have kind of lady landlords in their pocket to be like, Hey, my mortgage broker asked me this question. I'm not quite sure how to answer him. So they'll kind of come to the group, get help. So that way they feel like they can kind of go back and respond to their mortgage broker and be like, Hey, actually, you know what? I will pay for a lower interest rate or no, I'm not going to pay for a lower interest rate. They feel like they can make more educated decisions yeah. based on the group. And they feel like they kind of have that safe space to be able to ask questions. So that's, that's really what we're about, but it's just, I still like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, there are like a hundred people that requested to like join my Facebook group. Like this is insane. Um, so it's, it's just become really like a passion project and, you know, a little bit of like my side business, my side hustle here. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Lady Landlords is going to do in year two. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, that, it, and it is, I mean, it's a great resource for, for people. I mean, it's Lady Landlords, so women, <laughs> women uh, focus, but I think anybody, anybody starting out in real estate, you know, is going to have a lot of those same questions. You're going to have, you're going to be asked things by, as you go through a home buying process that you've never been asked before, you're going to have to produce documents that you've, you know, three and four times you're going to have to produce. And it's just like knowing, knowing what's coming in that, having other people to ask those questions to that. That's really great, really, really great resource for people. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm happy that it's kind of blowing up. I'm not surprised. I think that having that, you know, having that forum is is really nice for people to, to ask those questions and have you know be talking to people like yourself who are who have done it so um that's super cool yeah and we get a lot of like this tenant situation this tenant situation i mean life does not go as linear as a as a lease does so sometimes you know people have a lot of questions on this this happened with this tenant this happened with this tenant and you're kind of sitting there and what i kind of experienced was Previously, I was kind of on my own being like, you know, tenant would ask me something. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Like that's, <laughs> there's nothing right. in my lease that explains this. Like, this is such like an odd situation. Like, I'm not sure what to do. So it's really nice to kind of have a place that you can go and be like, Hey, this is the situation. Like what, like, what would you do? And people can kind of get advice and make sure that they can provide the best and safe housing for their tenants, but still be following what they need to state legally, contractually, all right. those types of right. things. Um, yeah. all together. So it's, it's, it's a nice kind of balance for that. Yeah. Do you have, uh, I'm just curious, do you have uh, things like sample leases and things like that for people as part of the, the um, educational content? Yeah, basically um, whatever I either, so I have two strategies, either if I see something being like repeated in the group multiple times, I'll create a resource for it. Um, or two, women will just ask for things. 
they'll be like, Hey, it'd be really great if we could have a workshop about this or a workshop about this. So yeah. I'll be like, okay, cool. Like give me a month. <laughs> I'll put it together. Um, so I do have that stuff. So even, and once again, like that's, I, I, my resources are still available, you know, for, for however anyone identifies themselves either through like our website. Um, same thing. Like I do post all like my content also on like our YouTube channel. Um, so, and everyone is allowed, you do not have to identify as a female to, <laughs> to go to my YouTube channel. So it's just something that, you know, yes, the group is female focused, but um, really like resources are out there kind of for anybody to use, but it's really group dictated what, what resources we kind of create. Every time, like I see something that I'm like, okay, I've gotten like 15 requests for a move-in checklist. So I'm like, you know what, let's do a move-in checklist. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Awesome. No, that's, I mean, that's great. That's uh, a really good resource for people to be able to use. Um, well, let's dive into sort of the questions that I like to ask every guest. Um, right. First one is really based on the, the title of the podcast, which is Know Your Why. So Becky, what's what's your why? What what drives you at this point? Sure. For me, it really is that, that um, concept of time freedom. I... I really believe that we need to be doing the things every single day that make us happy, that we can enjoy our life. There is nothing that like depresses me or makes me more sad than the concept of that whole like on the deathbed being like, oh, I wish I had done this or I regret yeah. this. Um, so honestly, like I try to live kind of almost every day as my last and to make sure that I'm doing those things that are important to me, being around people that are important to me and kind of just always living my best life. Um, this past winter, I was actually able to go down and live in the Dominican Republic for, for the winter. That was as far as I got my husband. I got him there for three months. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, but that's something that the fact that I was able to put my lifestyle in a way where we were able to do that is incredibly important to me. And it was, there's nothing better than kind of waking up in the morning being like, Hey, what do I want to do with my life today? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I want to go to this nine to five job. Or I want to go sit on a beach all day. But it's the fact that you can wake up in the morning and make sure to be able to use every minute that we are kind of given on this earth in the way that you so choose is really kind of empowering. So that to me is it. I don't like people tell me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's time freedom is is huge. Just being, or time control, uh, however you want to say it. And, and whether that includes a nine to five job or not, you know, that. It is what it is. It's whatever, just, just so that you're doing what you want and making those choices. Um, tell me something about yourself. You have, you have shared some cool stuff, but tell me something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, uh, you know, a hobby, a special skill, and anything that you think would be um, cool for people to know about you. Like I clearly gave away too much earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I know, I know um, you, you have told a lot. So it's, <laughs> this might be a hard question. Um, probably one of the other things that people find funny about me. If you ever looked at my Instagram, that's the only way I think people would notice. I sprinkle it every once in a while, but I'm an avid softball player. So oh. I actually pitch windmill softball. Um, and then also I play rather competitive, even co-ed softball. So that's usually where you can find me a couple times a week to be out on the softball field. Nice. Awesome. That's cool. Um, so and I, I'm assuming the Facebook group is a big part of this, but how would you like people to reach you, uh, when they hear this and want to kind of reach out to you and know, um, more about you or connect in, in some way, um, how would you like them to do that? And we'll put it in the show notes. Sure, thank you. Um, if for anyone that identifies as female, find us at Lady Landlords on Facebook. Um, really easy, easy to use that search bar there to find the group. 
Otherwise, for everyone else, you can also find me on Instagram at BeckyNova24. Okay, perfect. And then final question, um, what, yeah. what piece of advice would you give to someone maybe who was in those same shoes that you were back uh, when you first got it started with real estate? You know, what, what, would you, what would you tell them? Sure. The advice that I would give would be to go out and do what it is that you want to do today. Do not wait. I feel like that is the biggest regret that I hear when it comes to people investing in real estate, that they're like, man, I wish I'd done this sooner. Um, I will tell you now, there is never a time that you will buy real estate that it'll be absolutely perfect. We, my husband and I will look back on like the first property that we bought compared to now how we look at properties or analyze properties. And we're so much more picky now than like we kind of necessarily were back then because there were just things that we didn't know, but it doesn't matter. We got in the game. We started making money on day one. We eliminated all of our housing expenses, which once again for a New Yorker is kind of insane to be able to yeah. do. Yeah. So just being able to kind of participate, you will learn and improve as you go. But to sit there and just be reading books and reading forums online and not actually participate or get in the game is going to be the biggest disservice that you can do to yourself. So figure out what it is that you are working on. What do you want to get to? Do you want to just find an extra $500 to pay your car payment? Do you want to you know, make your $2,000 mortgage payment? Do you want to replace a six-figure income? Figure out what it is that you're trying to get to and start making moves to start chipping away at that. But really getting in the game and buying real estate sooner than later will hugely impact your life and your quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Just get started. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. it's that simple. It's just get started somehow and it, it'll, it's kind of hard to screw it up. I mean, it's <laughs> real estate has a, yeah. a, a pretty big, um, you know, sort of safety cushion, I think around it. So uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic advice. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show, Becky. It was awesome. Uh, it was great getting to hear your story. And um, yeah, I, I think, Sounds like Lady Landlords is already exploding, but I, I look forward to seeing how big that gets in the in the next year. Yeah, thanks, Jason. I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day.